Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nottingham Playcast. The podcast is about to begin. Please take your seats. Hello and welcome to Nottingham Playcast, coming to you from Nottingham Playhouse. I'm Derek, delighted you could join us. Later in this podcast, we'll be catching up with our artistic director, Adam Penford, to find out what lies in store for the rest of 2019. But first of all, our digital producer, Fraser Youngson, visited the rehearsal room for Skellig, our upcoming adaptation of David Ammon's magical novel, and caught up with the director, Lisa Blair. So I'm joined today by Lisa Blair, the director of Skellig. How are you today, Lisa? Very good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. So Lisa, tell us a little bit about your career up to this point. So my route into directing, um, I did a, a directing course and I was very lucky that my second year was a placement and that was at West Yorkshire Playhouse in Leeds which is now known as Leeds Playhouse mm-hmm. and then after that um, yeah it was through assistant directing that I kind of have come into uh, where I am now so that means a lot of assisting in the West End and also at the RSC um, and I worked on a show called One Man Two Governors that's how I know Adam Penford because okay. I was Adam Penford's assistant on One Man Two Governors and then I took over from him when he went off onto his own amazing things. So the thing, uh, what I've just done recently, I just directed the revival of Jerusalem by Jez Butterworth and um, I did that at the Watermill Theatre and that was a fantastic um, thing to work on because it's an incredible play. So, be able to, so being able to work on that revival, I think I was very lucky to get that. Fantastic. So we are at Barton's today, and you are in rehearsals for Skellig. How's everything going? Very good. We are almost at the end of our week two, and it's a very proppy play. So by that, I mean we've got lots and lots of furniture and lots of props, which make a lot of different journeys. So we've been charting that, and that's quite complicated. It is. I've seen you create a bus today. Yes. There's been, I thought it looked like a football match going yes, on. Very good. We're We've seen good all pictures. sorts. At least you know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a toilet in uh, a, a toilet. kitchen. That was quite a fun scene. <laughs> Talk us through the set because it's going to be amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, um, Frankie Bradshaw, the designer, has created something pretty marvellous, even if I say so, in a nest. And so with that, it's multi-leveled so that we can have the actors make lots of different journeys. And there's a sense that there's a cocoon. And we have the majority of the cast of 10 on stage all the time. Um, so she's created something that allows that to happen. And a lot of the scenes take place in um, a dilapidated house. So the nest is made out of odd bits of furniture uh, that you would see in a junk shop or, you know, that have been left behind. It looks amazing. I know we've only got the bare bones here for you guys to rehearse with, but it's quite amazing how everyone's joining in in scenes and how you've got the narrators kind of they're on set most of the play, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So a lot of um, a lot of the company are multi-rolling. So by that they're playing um, quite a few different characters. So they've got a base costume and then they switch in with different kind of. Um, accent pieces whether it's a hat for a bus driver or um, a school jumper for a school kid I've kind of leaped ahead a little bit here let's tell people (laughs) about Skellig Tell, tell people who don't know what it's all about Skellig is a beautiful novel that was written um, by David Almond about 21 years ago and David is a very prolific writer and his writing is it's special because although it's seen as a kind of writing for a target audience of children 
everything that he deals with, all the subject matters, are very important, weighty issues. And his writing doesn't patronise, it's not condescending, it actually tackles subjects that are important right down from a kid up to an adult. And um, he has created something with Skellig that is magnificent in its scale, but also something that's very true to every child's life. And you were saying earlier uh, in the rehearsal room about what the story means to you. It's very close to you, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So my younger brother um, read the novel um, when he was at school so he must have been about 10 years old and he loved it so much he begged me to read it Um, and then I read it and it was just the thought that you could find a creature like Skellig in your garage I'm sure that's why he loved it the sense of magic and that it could happen to anyone and you've got your very own Skellig now in your production we saw his reveal today that's amazing talk us through how that's all going to work because he's a mythical creature almost. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting. We had David Armand come in from a Q&A with the, with the cast on the first day of rehearsals. And when you ask David what Skellig is, um, he feels uh, very passionately that he himself doesn't actually know because the story of Skellig came to him. Um, like it almost dropped out of the sky and he started writing it. Um, so although we do know Skellig has a magical quality, he also could be human um, and he could not be, but we we find out that he does have special powers, but we still aren't sure what he is or if he's half bird even. Um, so in terms of Skellig's journey in the set, you know, Michael finds him in a garage, um, having kind of given up any will to live really. Um, and he's suffering from crippling arthritis, which again is a very human quality or disease to have. Um, so we have someone kind of in this rather crude set- setting who we think actually could just be normal. And then it's through the course of the play that we find out that he he's special. That's great. Have you got anything that you're bringing to Skellig, the character, from your life maybe? That's a big Gosh, question, I guess. that is a big question. I think I must do. I think I must, especially because of having read this book as a kid I feel like I probably had quite um, a concrete idea of who I thought Skellig was having said that when we um, had Ed Harrison come into audition for Skellig I've got to say the first three lines I just knew he was Skellig which sounds very dramatic um, <laughs> but it was it was actually something quite special and we had some fantastic people audition for the part but actually what Ed is bringing to the role is is so watchable and exciting. Fantastic. And he's got some crazy things to do in this show. Tell us about the flying. Yeah, so um, as part of Skellig's magical powers, um, he has wings. And wow. those wings, I say obviously, but that's not always the case, <laughs> but um, uh, give him flight. And he... He wants to show Michael and his best friend Mina that he can fly and he takes them on a journey. So in this production, we do have flying and we have um, uh, an aerial consultant on this. And so, we, yeah, we have three people fly in the show. And apparently it's on a, it's on a scale that Nottingham haven't seen before. That's right. Um, so that's quite exciting. And have you done flying sequences before? Is this new to you as well? No, entirely new to me, which I think is probably a good thing because it means... Uh, the imagination that I have for what I want it to be is probably 
not quite achievable, but at least we can strive for it because I'm quite naive. And our movement director on this, um, Chai San Howard, she has flying experience as well. So she um, is well versed in what that entails. Fantastic. Are you going to get a chance to fly, do you think? Or will it just be the three actors? <laughs> I think it would just be the three actors because their harnesses are specially made to them. Okay. So... If only I could ask for a special, specially made one for myself. Well, that's a shame. <laughs> Tell us about the puppets, because we've got some specific puppets. We've got, uh, we had puppets in last Easter show, Holes, so it's great to see them again. Yeah, so that same puppet director, Matthew Forbes, is doing the puppets on this. And so in Skellig, we have a cat called Whisper. We have a dog who has no name, but he sits on an old man's lap on the bus. And then we have two owls. And what um, Matt and also Frankie, our designer, have designed are beautiful. Um, and practically how they move is very... Um, it sounds very obvious, but you know exactly what they are when they are animated by a puppeteer. So the puppets and the flying all sounds amazingly exciting. Uh, what are you most looking forward to seeing on the stage when you get to Tech Week? I would love to see my set, because at the moment a lot of it is in our imagination. So when I've spoken about this nest, um, it's a huge um, scale to build on. So at the moment I'm using my imagination quite a lot in rehearsals, and so being able to see everything come together and costume will be very exciting for me, to be able to see everything put together. Is there a single bit that you're really looking forward to seeing brought to life? My favourite moments are where the full company are on stage telling the story. And I think the device that David has used with that means you don't know who's pushing the story on. That whether it's Michael, if he's telling us his story, whether the narrators are manipulating us. So I think the opening scene, I would say, or the opening section is what I'm most looking forward to because everybody's on stage and opening the story for us. Well, I'm really excited to see the show, and I know everyone else is. Thanks very much for your time today. Thank you very much. Lisa Blair there, the director of Skellig. And if you think Fraser is the only one who's excited to see that show, you'd be wrong. The two of us have both had a preview of Skellig's Wings, and we can't wait to see them in action. It's going to be a magical production. Now, before our next interview, let me just mention another thing that Nottingham Playhouse has just released. Our creative associate, Ben Norris who you might know as the voice of Ben Archer in The Archers, has produced a fantastic digital production in collaboration with Fraser Youngson. It's called Sovereignty. It's Ben's take on Brexit and the thorny issues behind it. You can find it on Nottingham Playhouse's YouTube channel. I'd thoroughly recommend it. It's four minutes of your time well spent. Time now to look further ahead. We like to catch up with Adam Penford, our artistic director, from time to time to see what the latest news is. And of course, Adam unveiled our autumn season very recently. So Fraser caught up with him to hear the lowdown. I am joined today by Adam Penford, our artistic director. How are you today, Adam? I'm very good. Thank you, Fraser. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Lots changed since last time we spoke. Uh, We have won the award for Regional Theatre of the Year. How are you feeling about that? incredibly excited it's amazing great achievement for everybody at the playhouse and all the artists we've collaborated with and how was the event because you and stephanie went down didn't you yeah so we went down to the stage awards in london we knew we were nominated um we genuinely didn't think that we'd win um because the competition was so great so and it was the first award that was announced so the look of shock on stephanie and my face um must have been brilliant but uh, yeah, we're just really proud of the achievement for everybody who, who contributed towards it. Uh, Wonderland's just coming to an end and it's moving to Northern Stage in Newcastle. How's that feel for the show moving from here and going up north? 
It's really great that the production will have a future life um, beyond Nottingham. Uh, Northern Stage is a, a different size stage, so we've got to make some uh, physical changes to the, the set and the staging of the production. And it'll be really interesting to see how Newcastle audiences respond to the story, but it's very exciting. It is going to be a different audience, isn't it? Because there was mining that happened up in Newcastle as well as down here, but it's a different community. How do you think that's going to play out up there? I mean, we're literally taking coal to Newcastle. Um, so there may be a sense of the Northern Stage audience of why is a, a production set in Nottinghamshire coming to the city to, to talk to them about the mining community. But what I hope is it will build some bridges because the relationship between Nottinghamshire pits and other national pits around the mining strike was quite controversial. But I think there's a, the, the common thread of humanity that runs through the play, uh, I think, will win through. Once one land's done here... We have Skellig coming up next. They started rehearsing this week. Uh, have you seen any rehearsals or anything yet? Oh, I haven't seen anything. It's an amazing cast. Uh, Lisa Blair, who's directing it, uh, I've, I've known for many years. She's an incredibly talented director. So uh, I feel really lucky that she's coming to the city to produce the play. And David Almond, who wrote the original novel, um, has been really actively involved. He was here for day one of rehearsals. Um, he did a, a question and answer session with the cast that day. And then book signing, apparently. Wow. Um, but I'm, I'm hearing from the rehearsal rooms that it's, uh, it's all going very well and it's an incredibly inventive uh, staging. OK, so we're here today to talk about the season launch for the autumn-winter programme. Uh, we've got a really exciting programme. The first thing we've got coming up is Corin Boy. Tell us about that. I'm so excited about Corin Boy. It's uh, a big, large-scale production. Corin Boy is based on the award-winning novel, by Jamila Gavin. Uh, it's set in the 1730s and it tells the story of when Thomas Coram established a hospital in London for unwanted children. What happened uh, as a consequence of that is Coram men started going around the country in, in return for a small fee. They offered to take unwanted children and deliver them safely to the hospital in London. Um, however, uh, many of these Coram men were corrupt. So uh, many of these babies and children ended up dying and being buried by the roadside or sold into slavery. So it's about a really dark period in British history uh, before the rights of children were established. Corin Boy tells the story of two children at the Corin Hospital, Aaron and Toby. It's about their friendship. It's about Aaron's love for music. Aaron is the heir to a wealthy family and Toby avoided being uh, sold into slavery from an African slave ship. What's so exciting about the production is we are currently looking for community performers to form a choir and an acting ensemble. They will be performing the play alongside a core cast of professional actors. I'm directing. The production is taking place at Nottingham's Albert Hall. It's so next door to Nottingham Playhouse, which is a beautiful space with an amazing grade one listed bins organ, which is just the most amazing thing. It's an adventure story. It's a gripping family saga. We are currently recruiting uh, for community players. Uh, the deadline for that is Sunday the 17th of March. Uh, we're then doing uh, workshop auditions uh, throughout March and rehearsals begin in May. Uh, we we're going to rehearse a couple of evenings a week and Saturday mornings through to the performances, which are in August. And is this something that you've always wanted to do, a community project on this scale? 
Yeah, it was inspired by uh, watching the Olympic opening ceremony and talking to somebody with no performance background who participated in that. And it was really clear that he felt, had felt so passionately about that experience. Uh, he'd worked incredibly hard, as did everybody. They'd achieved something of high artistic quality. And it was clear that for him, that was going to be one of um, the highlights of his life. I don't think is an overstatement. And I thought we could do that in Nottingham. Um, <laughs> so when I applied for the job as artistic director at the Playhouse, I suggested that we should be doing these large scale community productions um, and it felt very important to me that I direct the first one that we did for many years. And that's Corin Boy. Fantastic. We're all really excited for that. And then straight after Corin Boy, you are directing the next show, which is very exciting. An enemy of the people. Talk us through what's going to happen with that piece. <laughs> yeah. The last performance of Corin Boy is on the Saturday and I start rehearsals for an enemy of the people on the Monday. Um, busy. Very busy. I'm super thrilled about this. Um, I've wanted to direct Ibsen's An Enemy of the People for years. It's considered by many to be one of the greatest plays ever written. It's a morality tale. So it's about Dr. Stockman in a Norwegian spa town who discovers that the spa waters are being poisoned. And she prepares to publish uh, an article uh, in the press about this and believes she's going to be considered a hero for um, saving the town from a PR disaster. Subsequently, uh, the town start to say that she's going to actually destroy the economy of the town and tourism. Uh, and the mayor takes against her and gradually the press and the people turn against her and soon she becomes public enemy number one. There's a decision. Does Dr. Stockman publish her article and stay true to her moral compass, even though that means it risks uh, her and her family's social isolation? And if you put yourself in her shoes, what would you do? It's an incredibly timely play. It's about uh, fake news, whistleblowers, political corruption, the power of the press to sway public opinion um, and a divided society. Is this, is this sounding familiar? Um, <laughs> um, so it's an incredibly powerful piece of drama, which is why over 130 years later, the play feels just as relevant as it did when Ibsen originally wrote it. Our production is starring Alex Kingston, has a global profile, is a wonderful actress. She has an amazing charismatic stage presence. She uh, feels so passionately about this play and the character that I'm delighted that she's coming up to Nottingham to perform it. It's a new adaptation, which is done by one of our greatest playwrights, Rebecca Lenkovich, um, who's spent the last few years writing more um, screenplays. She, she uh, co-wrote uh, Ida, which is the Oscar-nominated film, Recently, she co-wrote Colette, starring Kieran Knightley. So she's doing this fresh, modern approach. The production is being set in contemporary Norway. So I think it's going to feel very fresh, very bright and, um, and very politically relevant. I came to the initial meeting for this show and you were saying you're going to have Nordic noir kind of influences on the way you're going to create this piece. I'm really excited about that. It's really... Uh, relevant today to the style of tv we see in yeah I, i'd sort of been looking for a play that felt like um it had the same uh relevance and uh urgency as 
either a Nordic noir or a Netflix thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the plot, the narrative of An Enemy of the People has just that. It's gripping. And the aesthetic for the production will very much pay homage to Nordic noir. So I'm thinking pines, fog beautiful furniture. Uh, It's been designed by Morgan Large, who Nottinghamshire audiences will know for his award-winning set design for Wonderland. Fantastic. So we've got a great team coming on board for that piece. And that is going to be on from Friday the 13th of September to Saturday the 28th. And our next piece we need to talk about is Lit, which is our new studio piece. Tell us about that. Lit is by local writer Sophie Ellaby. It's about Bex, who's uh, a school girl going through the care system and it's she's joined a new school and I suppose it's about somebody who's lost who's looking for love but maybe looking in all the wrong places it's a co-production with uh, High Tide which are a new writing theatre company they came up to Nottingham for one night last year and they performed a rehearsed reading of the play, an early draft, uh, as part of a new writing festival we were doing here at the Playhouse. And I sat and I watched this play grip an audience, make them roar with laughter. It's incredibly in your face. It's gritty. It's hard hitting, very moving, but incredibly funny as well. And I realised watching that rehearsed reading that it was important that we stage that play here at the Playhouse. So we're co-producing it with High Tide. It's being directed by Stefa Driscoll, who's an incredibly exciting theatre director, who's artistic director of Nabokov, which is a really cool theatre company. And it's going to be in the Neville studio. And it's exactly the kind of work we should be doing in the studio. It it feels very contemporary and very modern. It's a one-act drama. It's going to be really exciting. Fantastic. I'm really excited for that. It's always good seeing new stuff in the Neville. And our last show ahead of Panto season is Assassins, directed by Bill Buckhurst, who is known in these parts uh, because of Sweet Charity. Tell us about what, what we've got in store there. So Assassins is by what the greatest living uh, musical theatre writer, Stephen Sondheim. Assassins is an, a t- Tony Award-winning musical he wrote in the early 90s. It's about, picture this, uh, 1963, Texas, is a guy waiting on the sixth floor of a book depository store for JFK's uh, motorcade to pass below, and he's got a rifle in his hands. Out of the walls of the book depository, he's joined by a group of assassins, uh, people who have attempted to shoot their way into the world history books. So it's really about uh, what happens when the American dream hasn't worked out, when ordinary people feel that they don't have a voice, when they're keen on using violence in order to make uh, their political point or to, to garner attention. There's an amazing quote in the script, which is something like, uh, murder is a tawdry little crime. But when you assassinate a president, when Brutus assassinated Julius Caesar, he wasn't a murderer. He was an assassin. So it's about a sort of fame and glamour, uh, but also about violence. It couldn't be more pertinent to what's happening across the sea at the moment in the US. And I think it's a a beautiful satire. It's very funny, it's witty, it's intelligent, but it's a good night out as well. Um, As you mentioned, it's directed by Bill Buckhurst, who did such an amazing job directing Sweet Charity here at the Playhouse last year. And it's a co-production with the Watermill Theatre in Newbury, Berkshire. 
who excel and have excelled for many years now at doing actor-musician shows. So uh, all the music is going to be played by a multi-talented cast uh, of actors who are going to move and play the instruments. Um, so it's a really theatrical night out. Sounds like we've got a really exciting programme coming up, Adam, and I can't wait to see some of the shows. Thanks for talking to us today. Thank you. I'm sure you'll agree that's a very exciting autumn in store. Those four new shows are currently on priority booking to our Playhouse Pass members, and they save 25% on every performance. Those go on general sale on Friday the 15th of March. Adam mentioned our award as Regional Theatre of the Year 2019. Since Fraser recorded that interview with him, we've had two more in the What's On Stage Awards, where The Madness of George III won us not only the Best Supporting Actor for Adrian Scarborough, but Best Revival of a Play anywhere in the UK, and that's voted on by the audience members themselves. So a real accolade. We're on great form here at Nottingham Playhouse. If you want to keep following what's happening, then one good way is to subscribe to this podcast. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, all the usual places. So we'll look forward to catching up with you again next time. Bye-bye.